welcome to Charity Chat. I'm your host, Samuel Davies. In this episode, we speak with Kate Hainsworth, CEO of Leeds Community Foundation Give Bradford, about the work of community foundations and specifically her experience of leading a community foundation. We speak about the challenges that foundations have experienced over the pandemic and continue to experience. We forecast how things will change over the coming months and years, including the importance of equality, diversity and inclusion for the work of community foundations and what this means for the charities and local groups who are seeking their support for their work. This episode of Charity Chat has been brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Work for Good, a fundraising platform which helps charities streamline and unlock small business sales, fundraising via a supporter-friendly digital commercial participation solution so that small but mighty businesses can fundraise for causes they love and charities can maximise this awesome, sustainable source of income. So without further ado, here is Kate Hainsworth speaking with me about Community Foundations. I'm absolutely delighted to be joined today by Kate Hainsworth, CEO of Leeds Community Foundation, Give Bradford. Kate, welcome to Charity Chat. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Fantastic. Well, and we're, we're sat here. It's, uh, it's January, mid-January 2022. The sun is shining. It's pretty cold outside where, where I am. I'm in Bedfordshire. Whereabouts are you today? So today I'm in Leeds and it's uh, freezing. Yeah, but the sunshine. (laughs) It's it's all good if the sun's shining, I think, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) So maybe if you can start by explaining to our listeners kind of your background and what led you to become CEO of Leeds Community Foundation Give Bradford. Definitely, yeah. Um, I actually spent the early part of my year, uh, my career in in the private sector. Um, I was I was in the oil industry and in marketing. Um, not um, going to go back there particularly, but um, quite um, around the 2000 time, I moved up north and um, moved back up north. I'm from I'm from Leeds sure, um, sure. and uh, I've been working all over the place and it was great to come back to Leeds. And I moved into the arts, um, moved into visual arts and then worked in theatre and opera and and arts policy, mainly in Yorkshire, but another little stint working abroad in Belgium. But when I was approached to to, uh, consider joining Leeds Community Foundation, I hadn't actually heard of community foundations. (laughs) Um, I didn't really know very much about community work. And um, it was, well, really from day one, I was super impressed by what I saw. the, the groups that the community groups that um, work alongside community foundations um, are just super resourceful, incredibly committed, determined, and doing the kind of work that that actually does make a difference mm. day in day out for for individuals who are facing, you know, facing inequity. And so I had, I was blown away really, um, huge amount of respect for the work you know, my ignorance previously, I kind of thought community work was maybe a bit fluffy, a little bit, you know, uh, nice and kind, but not not particularly uh, rigorous. Mm -hmm. And gee, was I wrong. Um, So that was that was awesome (laughs) to come into that world. And and um, 
luckily the skills I'd acquired along the way were useful. Um, and so um, that's kind of the benefit of working with the Community Foundation in a way, in that uh, Community Foundations serve both the, the communities and, mm. and the individuals that those communities uh, are, com are made up of, comprised of, um, but also philanthropists um, and people who do want to give back. And it was my background in in development work with 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 um, philanthropists that that was useful to the to the community foundation and again what a great way to experience the the community world in the sense of of being able to to work alongside people in education lunch clubs with older people environmental groups doing lovely outdoor work with with young people old people people with learning difficulties mm. um health you know a complete range of of activities um and at the same time you get to inspire and encourage philanthropists um to give back to their locality again with such a range of of, of uh, focus actually you get to talk to and and share stories with a huge number of of uh, local people who who really care about their locality. So it's been an absolute privilege, frankly, to to work in this area. And um, yeah, I've loved every minute. And and so is it that the, the community foundation kind of works as like a uh, like a hub then, kind of drawing funding from philanthropists and, and other sources, and then giving that out to the community through is it community groups largely or individuals as well or yeah, charities, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Charities, community groups. Um, we can work sometimes with unincorporated groups and, and individuals, but the majority they they are in they are um, incorporated groups, um, and their work can range from something quite expansive and quite extensive to very small and and individual one off projects. Um, I suppose what what um, guides us is our our vision that 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 uh, least community foundation give bradford trying to create cities of opportunity for all mm. so we we work with partners to create positive change in those communities and those partners could be from that community or other stakeholders um but really working on on the communities that need it most and invest funding and expertise to build a better future now so so that's our that's our vision and 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 it it does mean that the um uh, funneling that you you talked about that being a hub mm. does mean we do an awful lot of convening <laughs> right <laughs> and, and I guess I mean for you kind of living and working in that area and having come back to that area have you I suppose in your role now do you see Leeds in a different way than you used to really good point yeah yeah I do I mean it's uh it's 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 good in some ways that the um, the city and and you know I, I know Bradford uh, slightly less than Leeds but um, I I grew up in this area so I was you know I, I also knew knew Bradford and um, the changes that you do see uh, crikey do you celebrate you know mm. there's some amazing changes that have happened but I guess the downside of that is that there are actually some things that haven't really changed and mm. really haven't changed at all. Um, and that's, you know, for an all, uh, a whole range of reasons, which are, are far more complicated than than I can probably grasp. <laughs> but uh, it, it does feel really important to be doing something about the people caught in those, um, it, having that experience. Um, 
I mean, I don't know if it's useful just to share a couple of fundamentals with you that I think Please. Yeah. Yeah, have great. really informed. Yeah, they've really informed, I suppose, that that view of what what we can do in Leeds and Bradford, almost like no brainers. And it's probably obvious to other people, but but just that early intervention, wherever you can do it, makes such a difference. So getting ahead of a problem rather than letting it grow into something that is is an emergency or a crisis is so much better. And and it's that that will take pressure off, you know, the strategy, our partners in the strategy sector, the public sector. Um, it, it means that rather than something needing police intervention, uh, something has been done before that. And it's so much more efficient. And I think that's the thing that, uh, if you like, my, my background in the private sector, uh, my heart swells to see when things, when things can really be avoided and made, made so much more streamlined simply by working really closely with individuals and communities and investing best closest to those individuals rather than having some kind of grand scheme that 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 looks great in theory but actually in practice just never gets absorbed or or understood on the ground um and i think that those those are the the sort of fundamentals behind the work that we do and i think that's that's a way of looking at at, at cities that I, certainly i had never experienced before and 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 now as i say it feels like a no-brainer <laughs> i was probably very dense before but <laughs> um i suppose the other thing i wanted to say in terms of my my perspective perception but i think it's it's probably fair to say society's perception has also changed is around equity diversity and inclusion <laughs> which are three quite big words um but fundamentally mean fairness and 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 equal access to opportunity but equitable access being the most important thing i.e some people you know you can you can provide equality in in certain things but it still means that some people are are a little bit further behind than others and so actually equity is is something i think um really important to our to our region and probably to our to our country and the world um and and i'm sure um, you know, all of us are a lot more informed about it than we used to be. But uh, yeah, that's certainly given me a, a, a greater insight into into my hometowns. Um, and, and, you know, given me uh, the, the, the privilege, if you like, of being able to join other platforms and talk about that. So, you know, really that, that point about inclusion has been uh, something I've, I've worked on really closely with with the local enterprise partnership, the Leeds City Region Local Enterprise Partnership, I became a, a member of, of of that in 2019, and and was asked to be diversity champion in 2020. I mean, there's masses, masses more to do, but really, really pleased to be working with our West Yorkshire Mayor, Mayor Brabin, Tracy Brabin, um, on her Fair Work Charter. I'm chairing the steering group around that, and. You know, this is the, this is these are the kind of areas where you feel like if you can just move the dial on increasing uh, employment opportunities but also fairness of employment and access to employment mm. across our region then then this is something that that all of us can be hugely hugely proud of likewise Lee city council I'm, I'm an inclusive growth champion for them and 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 really important work that they're doing which, which i suppose is is the is the um 
uh, theme of, of what I'd like to say is that nobody achieves anything in isolation. It's all about working together. Um, that collegiate working and having having a sense of common cause is is the thing that makes the difference when certainly when we're talking about poverty and 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 lack of access to opportunity it's not just one intervention or one decision maker or or, or you know or one investment that makes the difference it's it's a collective it's a collective job So in terms of the, uh, so we're recording this in January 2022, the pandemic is still going, COVID-19 is still with us. Um, what's the pandemic been like for Leeds Community Foundation Give Bradford, both internally within your, your team and externally as well, in terms of uh, dealing with these, these, uh, these challenges that you, you, you mentioned? Wow, yeah, big, big questions there, <laughs> Samuel. Um, well, when the first lockdown struck in 2020, um, I'm really pleased to say we were somewhat on the front foot regarding resilience. Mm. That was something that had had um, been of a concern to us amongst the charities and community groups we were working alongside prior to the pandemic. Um, and so we'd actually worked with a couple of philanthropists to build up um, a, a a bit of a start with a resilience fund. Um, needless to say, <laughs> the kind of demand on it was a great deal more than <laughs> was actually in that original fund. Um, but we were able to adapt and convert some of our existing funds um, and really get clever about how to do that and work really closely with donors about, about doing that and opened a campaign and obviously channeled national funds, the uh, National Emergencies Trust did an amazing job raising money nationally and uh, as community foundation for our for our area we were able to channel that um into our communities and so huge amount of of um uh, work went into building that that um investment pot um and i guess the other quick uh, swivel that we we did alongside everybody else was getting all of our team online nice. you know virtual um working and mm. um getting everybody up and running straight away the team did an amazing job um so and, and i know that's reflected across all, all all areas but really really proud of the team to be you know going from a, a quite heavily papered office mm. to paper free in a matter wow. of week yeah yeah it was really amazing um and the you know the board and trustees were incredibly supportive and flexible so so that really made a massive difference and likewise the close relationship we we do have with groups and charities locally meant that we could just pick up the phone and talk to people straight away um and and really our concern at that time was to keep them functioning mm. Uh, you know all the the relationships and the trust and 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 um, confidence that they built up with individuals facing hardship over months and sometimes years um, was was kind of too precious to be lost at, at at such a time of greatest need. So it was that was our biggest focus at the beginning was just keeping people open mm. <laughs> um, in some shape or form. I mean it, it couldn't always happen um, perfectly. Uh, you know, for some people, they got COVID themselves and they just, you know, they just had to take a step back and, um, you know, 
get themselves back on track. But but by you know working really really closely hand in hand, it just meant that um, as I say, literally within days, within weeks, we were getting money out um, to which was really flexible money um, that was going to focus on people keeping their their their, their bills paid and their, and just shelving the worry of crikey what's going to come come in to keep us supported in three four five months time they had a confidence that they'd got this bridging um bridging money and that that was just what was needed in terms of keeping the connections with with the beneficiaries that they worked with and and you know they did genius things like they always do uh, they, instead of doing their dance class inside they're out on the street or yeah instead of um uh you know having having one-to-ones for for talking about well-being they shifted to um providing supplies and resources and going to people and just having having that check-in um in a different in a different manner all kinds of uh, different ways that people adapted and that was really important for us to to be able to support that because um, you know the people running these these charitable organizations they usually deliver you know they're usually shocker mm. all week anyway yeah. and at this the, what the pandemic did it, it required them to think completely differently about what their main function was going to be how mm. they were going to deliver it all at the same time as demand going you know sky high so key thing for us was to give them space give them some some cash so they could backfill and pay for somebody to help with the delivery while they just thought through what on earth they were going to do and and think about their longer term resilience and you know absolute credit to the to the uh those organizations they've 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 done an amazing job and to the team you know the 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 programs team they've really really worked hard um and you know that's when all these partnerships come into play when you're you're able to work really closely with your colleagues at the local authority with the nhs with the police and you know just um be aware of all the different um uh, pressures that that that, that uh, are are um coming to the fore so yeah great to see partnership working great to see the response of the sector but but you know this this pandemic has gone on the really long yeah, time. Yeah, nearly two years now, isn't it? It's two years. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh boy, you know the, the the kind of cluster of factors that impact mm. on on those with least resource. You know the list just keeps growing. There was a time pre-pandemic we thought Brexit was maybe going to be the most concerning yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it pales <laughs> um, in comparison, yeah. doesn't it? Oh, you know on top of austerity obviously mm. also but now there was real health health insecurities the whole education issue people getting behind and, and and their education being stalled there's been issues with with um local authority having to retract because they've had budget cuts um you know universal credit cuts there's been a lot a lot um, so in terms of, I think your second question, which was how had it affected the sector? I mean, I think, yeah. you know, this cluster of factors around, around that have, have really multiplied. Mm. Um, and, and the honest truth is the sector is really tired. Um, I, I don't think it would be a surprise to anyone, as, you know, just as with the NHS, 
people are exhausted. Um, they've been firefighting for such a long time now that um, even with the best will in the world, people are, are, are getting burned out and they do have the best will in the world, in my view. Um, so I think there's, there's, there's something there is a sort of greater concern, a kind of more, more, more long-term and, and perhaps, you know, um, looking at it on, on the broader, broader picture nationally or, or regionally, if you like. Actually, there's a report that came out this week um, around left behind neighborhoods, mm -hmm. which I think, again, I could share the link if it's useful, but yeah, please do. Know, yeah, great. Sense of, you know, disparity of, mm. of, of the effect of the pandemic. Um, I think that's, there, there's no question it's, it's uh, uh, had a major impact. And, and certainly when you look at the, you know, rising mortality and, and, and sort of, falling life expectancy in areas that are facing greatest hardship you mm. you think crikey this is really going to set us back um a generation so so i think we we you know back to the collective response i think you know we're all in this together so so we need to work alongside each other to work out how to um how to navigate this next next phase And, and can I ask you about um, resilience a, a little bit more? Because I mean, I suppose I'm interested because obviously you're everyone's a leader in some form or another. Or you know, we're all capable of being leaders no matter where we are. But as, as a CEO of a of an organisation that works so closely with lots of different groups, it sounds like it's a complicated role that you've got. How, and during the pandemic, you've got a team. How did you? How's your resilience? How did you maintain your kind of mental health and well being? Did you have any? I mean, we're all still going through this, aren't we? So any kind of tips and advice on, on things that you've learned? Gosh, I don't think I'm in a position to give tips to anyone, but I'll, I can share what, what has worked for me. And, and that has, I, I, God, I cannot thank my team enough, but, you know, my team are astonishing and they are so motivated uh, so determined, so um, driven. Mm -hmm. I find it an inspiration every day, and and that comes from the kind of energy and, and determination of the sector. And mm -hmm. I think that that is a very um, <laughs> you know it, it it does keep getting you out of bed every morning because <laughs> you can see the massive difference that it makes. I mean, I think the the how infectious that that motivation is. Um, is reflected in the way our our donors, the donors that work with us closest, also get inspired by that mm. by that um, drive and and motivation, which is tremendous. Um, there's no question you get downtime, you know, you get down down days. Yeah, that, that's yeah. that's a reality. Yeah. Um, what do I do when when you get down? You you've got to, I suppose. Well, this is the theory anyway, isn't it? You've got to look at the things that you have done rather than the things you haven't. Because, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that is that is the downside of this role is that it's never done. Mm. <laughs> I mean, the absolute dream is to get to a position where some of the um, uh, goals that we're aiming towards, we actually 
fulfill completely you know wouldn't it be amazing to eradicate poverty what yeah. an astonishing yeah. goal yeah. um to to achieve but it's a long haul and and it isn't you know as i say it's not within any one person's gift and and somehow we have to keep believing that what we're doing is making some contribution towards towards reaching that goal what you're what you were saying there kate really kind of resonated with me and i guess funnily enough i was talking to a colleague earlier this week about it because we, we were talking about you know the the fatigue sometimes working in the sector and 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 also i suppose the you know the fatigue of being exposed to a lot of the difficulties and challenges in society whatever the cause is that you 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 support in the charity sector and i guess i kind of visualize this kind of tug of war of you know good actions and bad actions and i suppose my philosophy is i'm on i want to be on the side of the good actions you know yeah. I'm, we're never going to pull that line right right the way across potentially but yeah. it's you know making kind of that decision to you know continue to do all the little things that you can yeah. Even if it means that, you know, it's not a case of winning necessarily in our yeah. lifetime, is it? But it's yeah. maybe moving things a little bit in the right direction. I guess that's how I rationalise it, because sometimes it can feel a little bit like we're not doing enough or that not enough's Absolutely. happening, you know, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Absolutely. I, I think that's a really good way of putting it, because you can just feel like it's never enough. You know, however much you put in, however much money you raise, however much investment you make, it's it, it's never enough. Um, but but at least you're doing that. And without that, it would be, as you say, going much further the other way. Mm. So, so there's some kind of holding the line, holding the balance um, that, that's going on. I think sometimes it's really interesting in, in terms of generations as well, because certainly I remember my grandparents, I mean, this is going back a long time. I'm not, no spring ticket. Uh, you know, my grandparents uh, being very, um, upset about the idea of charity because their generation had worked really hard to bring in you know had welcomed the welfare state and yeah. you know for them the that's what the public sector did um but the reality is the public sector does have limits as we've discovered in mm. terms of of this pandemic and and there's no question that charity can ever replace what the public sector does. We have to work very, very closely, hand in glove. And maybe that's that's a bit like your tug of war thing um, as well. There's a there's a there is a fine balance, I think, for society in terms of understanding our individual roles and responsibilities as individuals mm. and how we can help society um, thrive for everybody. Um, including, you know, um, those those with least, and and actually where the where the state does step in, and obviously this is an ongoing conversation that we always need to have. But but I do think it's a really interesting conversation, and one I'd love, you know, I try to promote a bit more um, in terms of the the platforms I have got, mm -hmm. because actually the the whole question of of the voluntary community social enterprise sector and community is insufficiently understood um mm. by the other sectors as you know i i hold my hands up i was in the same position in coming from the private sector it, it, there's a lot of confusion i think about about what community is for and how it works mm. and i think if we could open up that as a bigger dialogue it'd be it'd be really healthy and and it would be an amazing legacy if you like of of a really difficult and hard 
pandemic hard experience. The pandemic, as we've been talking about, has helped to highlight, or at least seems to have given greater airtime to inequality in our society. We've spoken about equality, diversity and inclusion um, and what that looks like in charities. As a funder of charities, how important is this to Leeds Community Foundation Give Bradford, both in terms of steering the charities you support, charities and groups, I should say, and your aims for making an impact on different groups in our diverse society, in your diverse community? Yeah, really, really important is 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 the simple answer. Um, yeah, I, I did. I spent a lot of time in 2021 um, talking about focusing on averting rather than postponing the more severe effects of the pandemic mm. on those already experiencing most inequity. I, equity is such huge importance to the to the foundation. I mean, it's important to us all as we've been discussing, but and in a sense, maybe it's no bad thing for light to be shone on social inequity and justice as the results of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, just as long as the actions that, that, that we all take as a result do address them. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that's really what prompted my article around the, the moving the conversation on the North-South divide to mm-hmm. being one on equity. Um, I don't know if it's worth just mentioning a little bit of about that. The yeah. Um, yeah. We, 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 were, we were delighted to be co-funders alongside the National Lottery Community Fund as the main funder in a, in a piece of uh, research around our funding ecology in, in Yorkshire and Humber, um, alongside Two Ridings Community Foundation and Yorkshire Funders Forum. And, and the simple, you know, really simple, bold message is um, in Yorkshire, the investment per head is £374 per year per person. Well, that in London is £2,552 no. and in the southeast it's nearly £700. So so the auction Humber figures are either 50% or 15% of those of those figures. That's incredible, isn't it? Substantially, you know, that's not equity. Mm. Um, and actually the research also highlights the, the disparity across our region, you know, so it's not just north-south, it's also across the north um, with some cold spots that... Um, you know that's that's really useful to to know about and actually that then provides us with the spur that we need to to work harder to to build equity where we can and that's by working with other sectors as i mentioned the private sector the public sector and recognize you know the cost of this inequity in in terms of crime figures homelessness ill health early mortality wasted lives, you know, all of those things that, that we were talking about before. So I, I guess our focus as a foundation, the reason that equity is, is so fundamental to us is that we are driven to build, build the strategic resources to be able to address it. And that's, that's by working with intelligent, informed donors, who realise that you know, in order to make a real impact, you you don't just run a few projects. You you've got to sustain support into areas to overcome years of underinvestment, and you know by sharing the learning and the findings back with our donors and and enhancing their philanthropic journey. That's basically 
that's our model <laughs> you know if we if we um you know if you want to boil it down if we can if we can promote equity in terms of um the geographic area we we serve both for for beneficiaries but also importantly for donors then actually we're we're doing our job right i think and i i guess also in terms of that the space we've been talking about it a little bit on the podcast i guess my view is that as a sector, we need to take on the roles as kind of bastions of of positive actions, but also positive views on um, EDI. And and because we're also, of course, we're we're engaging, aren't we, with the the wider community, with funders, with companies, with all these different stakeholders. And if we can be the champions of EDI, then we can also potentially influence them even outside of our our own mission. Um, so so yeah. yeah. No, you, you, you're completely right. We do have influence. Um, I, I mean, I, I was sort of bemoaning earlier that there's a lack of visibility on our sector. But but that is, you know, there is a moment now. It does feel like a light is being shone. But also, you know, that, that subtle person-to-person um, uh, -person influence. You know, staff are, are no longer happy to work for businesses that don't think about their local community. Mm. They, they want to know what that that business is doing to think about UN sustainable development goals. They have a, you know, they worry about things like fair pay. You know, all of these things are 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 now out there in in the common parlance, and I think that's hugely to be welcomed and and something that we can perhaps build on um, in our in our own ways. Um, how is Leeds Community Foundation Give Bradford similar and also different to other community foundations? And how do you see your work changing over the next few years? So the beauty of community foundations is that they are of their community. So they're all local. Um, so, the, so that's a, a real plus, if you like, in that uh, they are quite distinct from each other. Some are really big, some are quite small. Uh, some focus entirely on um, building up an endowment, which is there for a rainy day. Some are, are much more involved in regular annual um, grant making. So it's a whole range. Um, and the um, all doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. But what I suppose is um, likely is that from, from our point of view, um, I think our work is going to focus very particularly on the uh, long-term mm. investment that, that I mentioned, long-term and uh, flexible investment, because that's the biggest lesson, if you like, we've learned from the pandemic is we've, um, we always tried to um, make sure our funds were as strategic as possible. But sometimes you work with a donor who just has a very, very specific idea of what they want to mm. do. And and we go with that and we, you know, we, we, we help them put that money out into the into the community. And I think what pandemic has done has given us the confidence to push back a little bit gently on mm. that, um, not to deny those funds to the sector, but actually just to try and work with that donor around what's really needed, um, because in a sense, what, what the pandemic highlighted was it isn't just making it 
money, putting money into a place, it's doing it well. Yeah. And, and unless yeah. you can hand on heart say you've done that well, actually you maybe shouldn't have bothered doing it at all. So there's a, um, there's a huge amount of, of work still to be done on that. But um, uh, I think all of our, um, uh, my, my fellow community foundations around the country are, are also thinking along, you know, what is it that's going to be the key priority for us going forward? We're all members of the um, UKCF community. It's, it's a membership body for all community foundations. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of great to have that, that um, kind of interface with each other. Or? Interface, exactly. Yeah, a, a chance to to compare notes mm -hmm. with people who are trying to do the same thing as you, but not in your patch. So you're not competitive. You know, it's a really great kind of support network from that point of view. And I guess collectively, as a for 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 the UK, you know, if you add us add us all up <laughs> together, um, I think we manage an endowment of seven hundred million. Wow. Uh, collectively and you know yeah. that's over a billion in grants distributed i mean it's mm. big big sums when you add them all up together yeah very um, significant. yeah yeah really significant an important channel of of, of funds that that, mm. that perhaps as i say goes a little bit too much under the radar but um but yeah i think in terms of our our main focus that our main strategic fund is the leeds fund we have a bradford fund as well and that's really been focused on the resilience um, for the last couple of years, as we've talked about. Um, and I think that's really going to drive our, our, our future thinking. We, we check in twice a year in terms of our theory of change, um, which drives our choices. Um, we check it still fit for purpose. And we're actually in the planning phase now for 22, 23. And actually, it's great to use the, the framework of the UN Sustainable Development Goals alongside that just mm -hmm. to think about our priorities and how we can link the really local work that we're doing with these these big global ambitions um yeah good to think big <laughs> um but obviously you know the the, the work that we uh, are able to to share and 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 think about as a as a network with our community foundation colleagues also needs to work in parallel with with the close work we're doing with with our local voluntary and community sector um and and the local community organizations because really it's that it's that relationship that's that's vital to to our future and so so for those listeners that we have maybe um working or or supporting charities or groups what what can they do to increase the likelihood of support from uh, Leeds Community Foundation, Give Bradford, and other community foundations? Well, I think the simple answer to that is a really good, well thought through ideas always shine through. So, for goodness sake, don't worry about spelling or, or you know, pretty pictures or anything like that really good ideas that have been authentically generated from their communities they they shine through um, all of us as community foundations are trying to make sure our our um, processes are as accessible as possible and you know that's that's for us to keep working on and make sure that they can be um, uh, you know those great ideas can be um, 
translated to us or conveyed to us as easily as possible. For instance, we're trying things like video applications now, and you know, and a whole range of different kind of application processes. Because for some people, particularly um, where where English isn't their first language, it can feel really off-putting to have to do a whole load of of form filling. But I would say, on on the whole, there is a pretty good success rate ratio for most of us in terms of community foundation. There are some funds that are very oversubscribed, but on the whole, we really try to design funds where the criteria means it's very, you know, it means people don't waste their time mm. um, doing applications that they can't succeed in. And always, always, um, you know, call us up or send us an email or, and we'd be really happy to talk to people on the phone about their idea and what it is that they're thinking of doing and how, you know, how that might fit with one of the funds we have or or indeed something that we haven't yet got and and then we can signpost them elsewhere if there's if if they we've got an idea of where that would be successful so you know our door genuinely is is always open please do contact us check out our website leadcf.org.uk it's um you know there's loads of information on there loads of examples of 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 successful projects loads of loads of um material on on previous grants offered and and, and so on so there's lots of, of resource out there particularly if you if you have got um an online connection i know not everybody does um but if that's the case then please do call us or or uh, visit us unfortunately our offices are not um open at the moment because we're following government guidance and and working from home where we can in january 2022 as you say but we are very hopeful that that might change soon <laughs> do you think do you think your approach to be in the office will change in the long term given the the things well, i suppose how we've adapted over the last couple of years do you think that's going to change how you guys work yeah i do i really yeah. do i think um i mean it's it, it's really important for you know the mental health of our staff as well mm. <laughs> to have somewhere where we can all get together um but i'm not sure you know we we've, we've already moved away from the um you know nine to five in in the office yeah. um every day model and i'm i'm pretty sure that's that's going to carry on um i'm hoping it will actually mean there's a you know there's a more constructive work-life balance for the team mm -hmm. and and also a chance for them to be a bit closer to and more connected with with the community groups as well you know have a have a bit, a bit more peripatetic you know a, a mobile approach um which I, you know as i say moving from far too much paper to paper free <laughs> matter of weeks just feels like you know this is the chance now to to do that a lot more kate hainsworth thank you for contributing to charity chat thank you so much for having me. this has been such fun Big thank you to Kate Hainsworth for sharing her knowledge and expertise with us on Charity Chat. Leeds Community Foundation Give Bradford, as with other community foundations, works to support charities and other charitable organisations of different sizes to improve the lives and life chances of those living in their communities. Long-term and flexible investment in the future 
lies at the heart of Kate's philosophy to ensure that the foundation is being as strategic as possible in order to meet the needs of the community, including interfacing with donors who want to put money into that community in the most effective way, and also being guided by a comprehensive theory of change to be as effective as possible. Kate looks at the work that her foundation is doing by reflecting on the framework of the UN Sustainable Development Goals and uses this as a way of thinking about the work that they're doing um, against these big global ambitions. And Kate's advice to those charities or charitable groups and individuals that have really good, well thought through ideas authentically generated from their communities is to contact their local foundation or their local community foundation, I should say. Equality, diversity, inclusion is a driver of the decisions that Kate and her team are making and this has only increased as the pandemic has helped to highlight the inequalities in our society. The foundation pivoted quickly to meet the new reality of COVID-19 which entailed moving to remote working as much many of us have done, digitising and providing more flexible funding to their various project partners. This bridging money, as Kate called it, was crucial in helping these charities and groups to keep supporting their beneficiaries in the particularly difficult circumstance that the pandemic highlighted, such as health insecurities, education challenges, the local authority having to attract, and of course universal credit, and the negative impact of this on those in most need. The sector is really tired And similar to the NHS, many of the groups and charities that Kate's Foundation comes into regular contact with are tired out. And there's a risk, I suppose all of us could probably see that, working in the sector, of fatigue and burnout, um, especially among these groups who continue to struggle to support their beneficiary group, these frontline uh, support groups. Resilience, then, is a crucial aspect of success and how we manage our daily lives through the challenges that we face. Kate hailed her team as a major support and motivating um, in motivation in her work and their belief in the work that they do and how crucial that is for her. Looking at the things that you have done rather than the things that you haven't is important. There is always more work to be done, more good that we can do, but rather than seeing the lack especially when we're running on a low ebb. We should focus on what has been achieved and the power that we have to do good in that moment and let that realisation empower us, heal us, maybe motivate us to get up again tomorrow and get back out there. There's a tug of war of good actions and bad actions. We may never win, but it's about which side you spend your life on and what you can do to contribute to the effort for good. So thank you, dear listener, for getting this far with us. We hope you enjoyed this episode and continue to enjoy the podcast. We'd love to hear from you either way. It's just left for me to thank our corporate sponsors. This episode of Charity Chat has been brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Work for Good, a fundraising platform which helps charities streamline and unlock small business sales fundraising via a supporter-friendly digital commercial participation solution so that small but mighty businesses can fundraise for causes they love and charities can maximise this awesome, sustainable source of income. I'd also like to thank Giant Squid Audio Lab for sponsoring our podcast kit, Magda Axmit, for our beautiful website. Check it out at charitychat.org.uk. Forest of Fools for playing throughout the show and for playing us out right now. That's it from me. Keep on doing what you can. Speak to you soon. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Thank you.